Hope I Got a Mac, podcast episode number 115. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biding. And we're here each and every week to share with you tips, information, news related to Apple with a specific focus on helping those of you who are transitioning from the world of the Windows-based machine, the dreary, horrid world that might be, over to the bright and sunny sunshine of the Mac. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I, I cannot believe I just said that. And and here's the okay. thing. Not only not only Chris did I just say that, I believe it. I know, that's weird. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of feedback from uh from people who have been listening to us. I mean, literally from episode 1. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh my gosh, I love this show so much more now because it's so cool to have Cliff talk in a very positive light about Mac. <laughs> it's actually nice to hear Cliff say something nice about the Mac. Yeah. It, I mean, well, it's not that I didn't have nice things to say before, but it was. I, I guess it's actually more so that they like the fact that I'm now a Mac, you know, a, a full-time Mac user. I mean, the Mac being my main computing source now. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what. My life has been a dream since this. And I, I want to share this little bit of story. I, of course, I, of course, use, uh, use the PC forever um, and a Windows-based PC forever. And I've been using this XP machine for all my production stuff here in the studio, even though I've had this MacBook. For me, the MacBook just wasn't powerful enough and and the screen wasn't big enough and and I didn't have room for it to sit on the table and it couldn't find an easy way for it to sit under the table to hook it up to an external monitor with external keyboard and mouse. It was just a pain. So, uh, you know, I, I decided a long time ago, you and I had this conversation that maybe, you know, an iMac might be better for me and I just never got around to it. And of course, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, gosh, you think about the extra cost that's involved, you know, the amount of money I'd pay for this, I could get a really, really, really souped up um, PC and, and all this other, all this other junk I kept feeding to myself. And I went ahead and bit the bullet. I bought the 27 inch iMac. I have not had a single issue with it. I am doing eight times, eight times as much on this 27 inch iMac without having any hesitation at all. Um, more than I could ever dream of doing on the PC. And you know what? Every single day that my wife comes into the studio and uh, she uses the PC that's on the other side of the studio, uh, she's like, I can't get this to pull up. I said, oh, you need to reboot the system. <laughs> and she's like, why do I have to do is it? You just do. And it's like, you know, if you reboot the system, it'll fix it. I mean, there, there are other things you can do in Windows without rebooting the system, but it's much easier for me to just tell you, just go ahead and reboot. Yeah, exactly. It's like that does it. I mean, Chris, I've had how how long have I had my iMac now? Has it been a month? Maybe a month. It's been a month. Do you know how many times I've restarted this computer? Zero. Twice. Probably because of software updates. Just software updates. And in fact, matter of fact, there are like five software updates that are 
sitting there and it's been wanting me to restart my computer and install those updates for a, a good couple days now. But, uh, you know, I don't have time. <laughs> I want my, I gen- com- well, I, I generally do them like as my last thing of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably do that as well, but I don't, uh, <laughs> you know, sure. It says security update, sir. Sure. It says, you know, firmware update for the 27 inch iMac fixing some kind of display issue, which I seemingly don't have myself. Uh, but you know, Hey, here's the deal. It works. That's <laughs> the, that's the thing. It works. And my parents called and mm-hmm. I used to work at the insurance agency there with them. And, uh, and, and they call me all the time with virus issues and with all kinds of other just silly, stupid stuff they're dealing with all the time. And honestly, uh, they're looking for new computers and I'm trying to see if there's a way that I can get them IMAX into their office and still be able to do all the things that they've had to do with Windows based machines. All I was going to say, I would think some of those uh, like risk writing apps and stuff like that are probably Windows only. Yeah, some of them. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, perhaps parallels running in coherence mode for them might be in order. Yeah, I've got parallels. Uh, I had to do uh, a flash project and I'm much more comfortable using this development tool that's on Windows called Swish for flash development. And it's only on Windows, so I had to fire up my copy of Parallels and, and load back up my my copy of XP. And uh, yeah, man, the new Parallels is really nice. It is. Parallels 5, my friends, is very sweet. It I works four, wonderful. Yeah, I got four gigs of RAM on this MacBook Pro. And uh, yeah, man, coherence mode runs great. It does. So in fact, I'm about, I'm about ready to tell my parents, hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm not supporting PCs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're going to get new systems, you're going to get IMAX. And, and that's pretty much the way we're going to do things. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Otherwise, uh, I can get you in touch with a friend of mine that works for uh, Nerds on Site. Yes. There we go. I almost joined Nerds on Site once I got like, when I found out I was getting laid off. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I'm glad you didn't because you make more money now than you would have done that. <laughs> that's that. true. That's true, man. It's, uh, yeah, the, the saga of Chris's job hunt, you know. I don't know if people were following this or not, but it came to a close, you know, at the beginning of the year, I, I decided that I'm not going to look for a traditional full-time job. I'm going to rock and roll with, you know, with what I've got. And luckily I've got, I've got like a long-term thing with uh, my friends at Ample. Yeah. Which is kind of like a full-time job, but uh, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting the advantage of doing things that I never would have done being at a normal job. You know, you have to do voiceover stuff now and, audio and video editing and production and stuff. I'm, Things I'm even, that are according to your passions. Yeah, and, and I've, I'm working with After Effects. I've got, got a big project starting today uh, that I'm going to be you know neck deep in After Effects. And a few months ago, I had no idea how to use that program. And now I'm doing a big project in it. So it yeah. should be a good time. That is awesome. I'm so yeah. glad to hear that. And this and, project is so neat. Once it's, once it's published, I want to show everybody because it's, it's that awesome. Well, I, I want to see it. And now that I know somebody that does After Effects, Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I know yeah. a bunch of people that do After Effects now. But anyway, uh, good stuff. You know, and, and, and that's that's the other awesome thing is I, I love that, you know, when you were experiencing that, I remember all the anxiety and stress that you had. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're making more money now than you ever made before. Yeah. And during the time that you were laid off, you were doing projects making a pretty good chunk of money for each of those projects. Yeah, yeah. Now it's uh, now it's more consistent too because Ample's kind of handling sure. the business for everything. So sure. So so I so my friends, let me tell you. Um, you know, if you're underemployed, you might want to consider 
you might want to consider uh, pursuing your passion and letting the money follow. And and there's a couple episodes that I would uh, tell you to listen to here at gspn.tv, uh, gspn.tv slash passion, and then gspn.tv slash passion and the number two. So passion two. Uh, those will take you to two different places in two different podcasts that, uh, podcasts that I produce, but it talks about how, you know, I, I actually went from working, uh, a dreary job in insurance, uh, to what I do today. And, and, uh, Chris, I don't know if I've told you this, but today I make more money in podcasting than I ever made in insurance. And I made a lot in insurance. It's nice, man. Uh, you know, those, those iPads are nice for your co-hosts too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, when, when we get up there, my friends, so, you know, I'm just I hear about Leo Laporte doing that stuff all the time. And I'm telling you, I, I'm going to take care of the people who've taken care of me over the years. I'm just um, busting your chops, man. I, I know you are. But let me just say, I, I believe big things are in the future of GSPN. I really do. That's awesome, man. It's like you're on the, like the, the what's that word? The precipice? The precipice. I, you know, I'd have to look that up. Uh, but I, I don't it, but in context of where I've heard it before, I guess that's right. Sure. Let's talk <laughs> hey, about some Mac and stuff. Mac Apple. stuff. Mac stuff. You know, this is good. I, I, if, if, the, if, if the last six minutes of conversation bored anyone, I apologize. But then again, I don't because this is what makes us, I think, a little bit different from all the other tech program, programming out there is that, you know, this is tech and how it affects our real lives and bringing the real life stuff into the show. Yeah, exactly. I mean... You know, I live, breathe, and eat this stuff, and so do you. And it's not because it's my job to enjoy this stuff. It's just I, I just love it all. Right. You know, I, my my wife is tired of of hearing me go iPad this and iPhone that and Steve Jobs this and Steve Jobs that sometimes. So and I that, have to I have to govern myself when I'm near her, and a lot of times I I am unable to because I get so excited about it. That's right. Well, hey, turning to our first story of the day, we're going to let John introduce the story. So here's his question. Go for it. Hey guys, this is John from Houston calling for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. Hey, I was wanting to talk to y'all real quick about the leaked iPhone 4G photos that um, came out in Gizmodo. Uh, a couple observations real quick. I'll try to keep this under a minute. But um, I noticed that, you know, it's kind of that they that some of the tweets that came out about it saying that that it is slimmer than the 3GS is right now, but to me it's kind of it's kind of more more squarish, more brickish. I don't know if that's necessarily possible. Um, I kind of thought it was suspect that they said that uh, it was not um, that they couldn't plug it in or that it needed to be connected to iTunes, and so they wouldn't show you any screen resolution or screen size. And I, I just thought that was kind of weird. My question for you is, and I'll try to get off here in a minute. Um, my question for you is, do you think that uh, Steve Jobs is going to get um, his whole iPhone department, was it Scott Forstall that runs it, to create a completely new looking iPhone? Maybe have the same hardware, same things going on with it, but just have a completely different uh, um, look to it than what the pictures are now that some pictures are actually released. And do you think it sets back the date? Anyway, guys, uh, I'll hang up and listen. All right. Thanks. Bye. Chris, what do you think, my friend? Nope, not a this chance. Is, this is the this is the phone. Uh, it, it, you know, some of the seams may be gone by the time the production model rolls around. But first off, I love the I love the design. I think it looks awesome. Um, John Ive, who is uh, the senior vice president of design for Apple, is a real big fan of a guy named Dieter Rams or Rams, whatever it is, who was uh, the lead designer for Braun uh, back in the '60s and. If if you go back and look at some of the stuff that Braun had, you know, besides shavers back back in the day, they used to make radios and record players and, and stereos and stuff like that. And a lot of the designs that they have 
John has kind of borrowed and carried over. And this looks like a product that Dieter would have created for Braun, you know, back in the day, these really, real simple kind of, you know, crisp lines. And, and I, I think this phone is, is awesome looking. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to push back the date. Uh, you know, these, we may have a couple subtle changes, but I think this was really, really close to production considering that they, you know, they bothered to put the, the nameplate on. I've seen, I've seen pre-production, uh, Apple stuff before. Um, I've had friends of mine that worked in, for Apple corporate and, uh, they don't generally go to the pro to the problem of, of marking up, you know, with the iPhone and the FCC logos and stuff until they're really, really close to production. So yeah, I think this is the real deal. And, and I, you know, it, I, I don't want to dwell on the way Gizmodo got the pictures. You know, I, I don't agree with what, what they did to get them and, and what transpired afterwards about outing the, the engineer and stuff. But just based on the specs and the and the design alone, I am beyond excited for the new phone. Yeah, I I'm not surprisingly excited about the new phone. Um, you know, my I have an iPad and it does. I mean, I want Let me just say, I, I, I since I've had the iPad, there are only two applications that I have used. No, three applications that I have used on my iPhone since I've owned an iPad. Owned an iPad. Mm-hmm. One is my, um, oh, what's it called? The uh, calorie counting um, uh, lose it application. Yeah. Because it's with me in my pocket, you know, even when I go to lunch. Sometimes the iPad does stay at home, believe it or not. Um, but the iPhone goes with me everywhere. And then I use Tweety on the iPhone when I'm away from my iPad. And uh, what was the third one that I use? Uh, I, I guess maybe the mail application. And, and and SMS, you know, normal phone functionality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so, but as far as all of those other apps, all of those games, all of that other stuff, I, I don't have any desire to use the iPhone. That little tiny screen is just so limiting to me. And there there's, there is the front-facing camera, I will mm-hmm. say, is very interesting. I, I like the idea that that's coming. I like the idea that it's going to have a... Well, I, I would assume it's going to have a much faster processor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the idea of multitasking. There's mm-hmm. only one way that I'll get excited about the iPhone 4G and will purchase one. And that okay. is if tethering does come and it's an, at an affordable price built yeah. in. That's not a, that's a non-issue for me. So Yeah, but yeah, for, I, that, just I for me... Need- yeah, yeah. I'll be in line uh, day of for yeah, the phone. That's cool. If, if, and I've been saying that for months. And it, yeah. If, if, and if they turn on that tethering, if they turn on that tethering and give me the ability to pay 20 bucks a month, or how much is it for unlimited, unlimited on the iPhone or on the iPad? 29? 30, yeah. Yeah, 30 bucks a month. If they give me unlimited tethering from my iPhone to, you know, wireless, now Wi Fi tethering. Just like my MiFi or or this friends of mine's MiFi yeah. uh, application on the jailbroken phone, this guy I know, uh, as long as it works just like that and it works beautifully all the time, I would get the new iPhone. But I have a question for you, Cliff. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it on you. All right. What if you get the 3G iPad and they enable tethering on that? That would be amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, I doubt they would, but that would be cool. Like yeah. you could share your, it would become a little Wi-Fi hotspot. I'll tell you what, if I had a 3G iPad, 
and paid 30 bucks a month, I'd probably not have an iPhone anymore. Mm-hmm. I, w- I, I literally would go and get myself a little tiny cheesy phone that cost me, you know, 20 bucks a month. Yeah, see, I don't, I, 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 even if I did get an iPad, uh, which, you know, it's still up in here if I'm going to get one. Um, I don't know if I'd carry it everywhere. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't see myself, you know, at, you know, the bars or at the Reds game or, or out and about with, with this, with me, you know, I don't do that with my, with my laptop. My laptop is, is pretty small. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's nice to have all those features in my phone in my pocket where, you know, my keys and stuff are going to be anyway. So I don't have to carry anything extra or bag or, cause you know, if I get one, I'm going to coddle it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I just don't think I'd carry it everywhere. I'd be like, man, I'm gonna leave it somewhere. I'm gonna break it. You know, just give me my phone. Yeah. I I'll tell you right now, I, I got the, uh, the in case, uh, convertible book jacket or whatever. Uh, it, it goes around just like, I mean, it, I would take it anywhere. I would take a day planner. And, so it's gonna be like a man purse. Uh, it's not a man purse because it doesn't carry anything else inside of it. I wish it, I wish my case had a little spot for a pen or, so or a, little, a little so you're, sleeve. You're, you're going to buy a man purse. I don't know. I doubt that. Uh, but purse. I will say I, I go to the doctor's office. I go to the dentist office and I've, I've had my iPad with me and boy, is it amazing to have it. Um, but you know, there's a lot of places I've gone where the iPad stays behind and you know what, in those times when I don't have the iPad, it's, it's not that I couldn't live without the functionality, but any place that I would go where I know I'm going to be, uh, you know, sitting around such as, you know, if I go to my mother-in-law's house, you better believe the iPad's going with me. Yeah. But see if I'm going to go to my mother, my mother-in-law's house, I'll probably take the laptop. Yeah. (laughs) See, here's the thing. I, um, if I could get the ABC app and the Netflix app on my phone, which I honestly think, Cliff, uh, on the new phone, they, they will come out. I really do because of the, this increased resolution. It's supposed to be a double the resolution, like nine something by four something. So that it's going to be beautiful screen on the new phone. Um, if those came, came out for the phone, I would probably not even worry about getting an iPad. It, it's when I see things like the ABC uh, program and that and in the Netflix app, it makes me go, Oh man, I could see myself watching content through that and it would be awesome. And it is. So I'm consuming a lot of the, which I never thought I'd ever watch, but now since I can watch it whenever I want and, mm-hmm. and it can just be a personal little viewing. Cause I know Stephanie, you know, isn't interested in watching it right now. Heck yeah. I'm watching V. Do you have Netflix? Uh, no, but I'm watching it through the ABC viewer. Ah. Man, if you get Netflix, you'll have access to seasons of TV shows like, you know, D- Dirty Jobs and all that kind of stuff that's on Discover Channel and, and Showtime. And it's it's pretty awesome. We, you know, I'm looking at a Netflix movie that I just got in the mail. And um, I, I, I use the streaming service 10 to 1. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend that, you know, maybe I'll, I'll give you my account to try out or something. There we go. That would um, be cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about the phone. I, I think we're going to see it uh, next month or next month in two months in June, you know, which is fine with me because I'm eligible for upgrade in May. So, yeah, man, I timed that one good, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> it's the TikTok method. That's what people say. Uh, you know, if you get the 3G, you're going to get this one. If you get the 3GS, you're probably going to wait until the next one after this one. So, right. which is fine with me, man, because the difference between 3G and 3GS to me weren't compelling enough to get the, you know, to, to re up my contract, the difference between the three G and this, this new phone is a huge. So, right. 
Hey, let's turn to some uh, some questions here that were uh, put into the forum and other places. Uh, Chris and Cliff, uh, I know that Cliff got an iPad and is loving it. I must say me too. Uh, just a couple things. I picked up my brand new device on Saturday and was happy to bring it home and play with it for, a two, for two days. Monday, I went to sync the device, trying to transfer all those apps and get a backup and no go. The thing wouldn't charge through the uh, wall charger either. I brought it back to the store and they and the helpful geniuses replaced the unit. Phew. No idea what happened. Still, <laughs> uh, ne- still. And neither did they. That's anyway, weird. anyway, having the iPad at my workplace without a wireless connection makes it almost useless. Uh, I can get my eBooks, but little else is really helpful. So it brings me to my question. Chris, have you downloaded or used the MyY application? Oh, okay, so this is the this is a question that actually came in. And by the way, Brittany is the one. Her email was the one who really encouraged this friend that I know to actually go get the <laughs> to jailbreak the iPhone and to to get the MyY. And and so Brittany talked about this a few weeks ago. Yeah, we we did. And, and you you admitted who your friend was. Yeah. So so this friend of mine is using that Brittany, and it works great. Um, also, for those of you who are like myself and Brittany and, well, every, anybody else that owns an iPad at this point in time, um, there are a couple things that I will tell you uh, if you don't have an ability to get Wi-Fi access away from the house or work or wherever, uh, and you want to be able to have your iPad be useful, I want to tell you of a couple tools that I'm using that are, I believe, very vital. Uh, one would be a good RSS reader. Uh, so if you're using Google Reader to subscribe to RSS feeds, something that I've done forever but never really used very much because, to be honest with you, when I'm in front of a computer, it's not the best time for me to consume content. But now on the iPad, it's perfect. So uh, I found there are, there are two great software programs uh, or apps on the iPad that are great for syncing all of the materials that are on your Google Reader down to your iPad. Cool. One is Net Newswire. I believe that it has the ability to sync it all to your iPad locally and store it. Um, and I'm going to let Keith confirm that uh, in the chat room. But uh, I use Feedler Pro, F-E-E-D-D-L-E-R-P-R-O. And it actually goes in and syncs to my Google uh, Reader. And it, you know, there's a little button that says sync all information. And basically, all the RSS information that's there, all the feeds, all the content is sucked down into the local storage on the iPad for me to consume while I'm at the doctor's office without Wi-Fi. And uh, Keith says, yes, Net Newswire does the same thing. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I want to tell I want to tell people about Instapaper. It is I N S T A P A P E R Instapaper. And if you just go to instapaper.com, you can get a free account there. There's a little bookmarklet. Anywhere you're at on the web, you can always click a little thing that says read later. And what it does is it makes a a, uh, easy to read copy of the text of that website available to you anytime you want to read it. And so there's oftentimes where it's like somebody says, hey, here's an email. They'll send me an email or a direct message saying, you really should read this article. And I'll be honest with you, before I had the iPad, Chris, I would probably read one out of every 25 articles that were emailed or uh, sent to me. Mm -hmm. One out of 25. And today, I read all the articles that are sent to me. And and the reason why is because I, I get an email or I get a Twitter message and I say, send to Instapaper. And then 
Um, I got the, I paid, I think it's $4.99 for the Instapaper application for the iPad. And you open it up and it will go in and it will pull all of the articles that you have said that you want to read later, pulls all of it down into the iPad. And then when you're away and don't have um, internet access, you can read all those articles that people had been sending you. So those are, I mean, this thing becomes more and more valuable even without Wi-Fi as I go along. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. All right, next one. You want to read the next question so I can put some notes in my my show notes here? Sure. Hey, Chris. (laughs) Chris It's hard to say Chris and Cliff, isn't it? Hey, Cliff and Chris. Love the show and listen every week. And I tell my friends about it. Thank you. And other people can are encouraged to do that too. Uh, I have a question about the iPhone. One of my friends told me that they heard a rumor that the new iPhone would be pushed back to later in the year or next year because Apple will be focusing on the iPad. This makes some sense, but Chris pointed out that Apple does seem... It, but it does seem like Apple's trying to clear stock of the iPhone 3GS with recent announcements. Do you think either... What do you either you think about the rumor? It's pretty clear that that's not happening. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think it's gonna be pushed back. No. Um, I have another question too. My iPhone 3G has been very sluggish lately, and I'm not sure what the problem is. It'll tend to lag or do strange things that seem to make my phone hang or non-responsive for about 10 seconds or more. I'll reboot the phone, and it doesn't seem to be much better. I've heard about I've heard about it for 18 months. I've had it for about 18 months, and it works great. But this has been a recent problem. I'm running 3.2 because I read about the bad things with 3.3 and have been taking Cliff's advice about not, not updating too quickly. I figure I'll just be one out of luck when uh, OS 4.0 comes out as I figure it'll be optimized for 3GS. I haven't done a restore and reload my phone yet because it's a major operation and, it was, and my last one was just three months ago. Do you think that a restore and reload will help or is it just a problem that 3G users will continue to, to have due to network being overloaded or optimized for the 3GS? Thanks, um, Chris, I think it's uh, your 3G being sluggish. It has everything to do with the three software. Yeah, and if you if you do a restore, it's going to force you to go to three three. Yeah, yeah. Three I, two won't even won't even restore anymore. Yeah. So so I, I'm going to tell you right now. There, uh, my my iPhone 3G is very sluggish as well. Um, I don't think there's anything you could do about it. I have had to restore my phone a couple times. And it doesn't help. It, it, it's just sluggish, my friend. It's because they put, they optimized it for the three, they optimized the software for 3GS and made it to where it would still work with the 3G. And I believe that that is an unfortunate thing. I think that they have the ability to, to kind of do some things where they could have a special OS version for the 3G and the original iPhone and the 3GS. But I think... I think honestly, they knew this would make it a little sluggish and make you want the newer, faster phone all that much more. Yeah. You know, love Apple as much as I do, but they're still a business and they're still trying to make some money. And Mm. I think that's part of their strategy. Cliff, I got to share something with you real quick. Yeah. Uh, It's because it's kind of distracting me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) On Boy Genius Report, someone has successfully (laughs) ported Android to the iPhone. What? Yeah, and you can dual boot. No way. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And where's this at? Boy Genius? Boygeniusreport.com. All right. It's like an eight minute video, but my jaw's on the floor right now. That's pretty crazy. Dual booting iPhone. Just in case. Just in case you wanted to go over to Android. And get that porn apps like Steve Jobs said. Oh my gosh. Poor, okay, so um, <laughs> this... 
it says here, listen, we've been doing this for a long time and it and it's incredibly hard for a single story to make us drop our jaws, but this is something special. A function of the Android has been let's see, a function version. Okay, I, I guess functional. this should be a functional version of the Android has been successfully ported over to the iPhone, complete with the ability to dual boot. Uh, it's still alpha quality despite features working. But if you have a spare iPhone lying around, which I, I happen to actually have one, of, I wonder if it'll work on the original iPhone. That's what they're that's what they're showing it on. Really? Because I have yeah. one. I, that is so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. And don't mind putting in a little work. Hit up, uh, hit up the jump. Okay. So anyway, basically, watch the video. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. It's incredible. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. I mean, I love hackers. Exactly. Well, hey, uh, Chris, uh, we're going to spend the next four minutes and 40 seconds uh, getting an app review of the TomTom app. Do you mind listening to Chris K's review? Real quick, can I just do a real quick, uh, real quick one uh, question about viruses? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's this is from Chrissy. I've got a new I'm probably going to get a new computer next year and I'm starting to consider a Mac. I've heard Macs don't get viruses. I'm wondering if that's true. And if so, why? Is something about how they run, or is it because they haven't targeted because of their smaller market share? If that's the case, then they might start getting targeted as their market share increases. Um, it's a little bit of both, uh, in my opinion. Uh, one, the, the system as a whole doesn't allow programs just to have access to everything. You've got to put in a username and password. Um, and Windows does the, kind of the same thing now uh, with their user access control. So it's harder for a rogue program to kind of have access to the underpinnings of the system. So that makes it harder to write viruses for. The second thing is, is if they want to target a bunch of systems to make a botnet, it's quite easier to get not, uh, people who you know spend three hundred dollars on a machine, never update it, never pay attention to it, and to, to load it up with viruses and spyware to make it uh, part of a botnet. So yeah, the, it's easier to target those computers. So Mac does get a little bit of extra security through through that through a, not obscurity, but just through. Uh, the the target demographic of of the majority of PC users, uh, you know, cheaper PCs, people don't aren't aren't as computer savvy. It seems like more people who are computer savvy get Macs, and they update their systems more and update their you know their software a lot more. So it's a little bit of both. Um, I don't run virus software on my on mine. I'm sure Cliff doesn't on his either. No, 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 no virus software on my Mac at all, and I have no anxiety about it at all. Yeah, me too. Of course, I, can I just say this? Mm-hmm. I will tell you that I believe that I could want run Windows XP on my system without antivirus, and I, I could probably almost guarantee you I could go in a year without a single problem. Me too. I, I still, uh, when I put XP on my machine, I still installed um, Security Essentials from Microsoft. It's small. It's pretty lightweight. It doesn't, it doesn't impact uh, system performance too much, and it's free. Yeah. So. I, I still on the even in my parallels, I'm running AVG antivirus on the on the Windows. Mm-hmm. But it's another good free one, too. Yeah. It, but the thing is, is is in all the years I've been running it, never once have I ever had a single warning or an issue. Well, ex- no, I take that back. Uh, Apple's iTunes actually threw a, uh, a, a warning on AVG a while back. We reported on this <laughs> and uh, it, it was a it was a false positive. And uh, you had to go in and tell it to ignore iTunes. It was funny. <laughs> it but was anyway, fun. they, they reported iTunes as a virus. 
sweet. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So here, here's a, here's our app review. Uh, it is four minutes, 40 seconds in length, but it is a full review of a very expensive app for the iPhone. Here we go. Hey guys, Chris here with an app review for help. I got a Mac. The app I'm reviewing this week is the most expensive app I own. The app is the TomTom USA app, and right now it is $59.99 in the App Store. I bought the app during the sale around Christmas time for $49.99, so if you can hold off, I would wager that they'll have a similar sale sometime soon. The price may be steep, but so far I found it to be worth every penny once you get past a few quirks in the navigation. The app will work fine with any car mount, but I went to the Apple Store and bought the TomTom car mount for $110. So for around $160, actually $180, but more on that in a bit, I have a very capable GPS unit that does, that does more than my old standalone GPS unit and still comes in at a lower price. Plus, having everything on one device, my iPhone, is very handy. When you start up the app, you, are, you tap on the screen and you're given a list of options. If you select Navigate, you are given a men another menu full of options. You have a Home option, which where you set your home location and you tap on that to be got at home. Pretty self-explanatory. You can enter an address, go to a recent destination, search points of interest like restaurants, gas stations, etc. Or you can select contact and you will be able to navigate to any contact you have entered an address for in the iPhone address book. There's also a favorite section for addresses that you travel to often. After you select your destination, the app calculates the route for you. The time needed to calculate depends on the distance you are driving. From Cincinnati, a drive to the Apple Store in Kenwood would naturally be calculated faster than a trip to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. So it's pretty much the same as any other GPS. After this, again, there's not much difference to how this works than from a standard GPS. It gives you very clear directions, and what I think is a very useful feature, it will show you which lane you have to be in when you come to up to a particular exit on the highway. You can also play your music through the car stereo while the app is running. The app will pause your music when it gives you directions, and it'll start playing the music again when the directions are done. Now, I mentioned a few quirks. This first one's not really a quirk, but it does illustrate how little we can sometimes pay attention when we're driving. There are a few times I was driving along, and the voice prompt told me to take the second left, and I'll be thinking, but there's only one turn ahead. Then I will look, and sure enough, there is a little side street to the left that I have not noticed there before. The second one is a bigger quirk, but as long as you use the GPS in conjunction with the road signs, you'll be fine. Sometimes on a highway, you'll come to a point where the road splits, and each road will take you to two, lo two different locations, but it doesn't look like your traditional exit. For those of you for familiar with Cincinnati, I-71 southbound the Lytle Tunnel is an example of this. Two lanes will take you to Fort Washington Way, and the other will take you to downtown Cincinnati. Here the GPS will tell you to stay in the left lane to get the Fort Washington Way. Now staying in the extreme left lane will take you into the city, but if you look at the GPS, it'll, you'll see it'll want, it wants you to stay on 71, and the road signs that tell you that, tell you that the, the, the tunnel to go into Cincinnati is technically the exit. So it's telling you the right thing, you just have to pay attention to the road signs, which you should be doing anyway. Now you may have noticed that earlier I said that the total cost was actually 180 instead of 160 The extra $20 is for the yearly subscription to traffic feature, payable as an in-app purchase. If you are like me and you get paid every two weeks, this is about $0.77 cents per pay period. Cut out one can of soda from the vending machine every week and you have more than enough to pay for this. But the traffic part, 
of the app works very well. You'll see a white line on top of your route to indicate slow traffic, so it's very easy to read. As I was driving to my fiance's apartment Tuesday night, it started off by directing me along I-75, the fastest route. Along the route, traffic started backing up, and as soon as traffic was backed up enough to make my estimated arrival time later than the alternate route, it instructed me to take the exit, and it took me to her, to her place along the back roads. It told me along the way that I was still on the quickest route, so I'm assuming that had traffic on 75 eased up, it would have gotten me back onto the free, freeway along my merry way. It saves you time, gas, and if you're like me and you just hate sitting in freeway traffic, it will save your sanity too. Anyway, if you're in the market for GPS, I think the TomTom app is a very good one. It's $59.99 in the App Store. Thank you. Wow, that sounds pretty darn interesting. Thing is, though, you can get a TomTom for eighty bucks now. That's that's my only <laughs> that's my only com- not complaint, but like my only uh, I probably won't buy buy, buy the the GPS app for the you know the TomTom app. I wanted to when it, when it was announced, but yeah, I can go to Amazon right now and get a widescreen uh, GPS for you know cheaper than what they're selling the software and the mount for. So right, so you could get that, and of course you could even get. It, can you get the uh, the traffic updating with that device though? Some of them you can, yeah. Um, but there's also other cheaper uh, systems too. There's one called Navigon that's uh-huh. just as good, uh, and I think it's you can get. And the way they sell it, you know, you can buy the whole shoot and match, or if you just know you're going to be on the east coast of the United States, you can just buy the east coast for like twenty bucks or twenty nine dollars. Right. And that is. It, that 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 app has been consistently beating the pants off of TomTom. So yeah. Now Dave's in our chat room. He says, "Who needs these GPS devices? I don't know anyone who uses them." I want to tell my wife you, uses hers. Like I I use the GPS all the time. Not mm-hmm. not locally. Um, well, actually, I, I guess you could say locally. Like if I'm going over somewhere in Cincinnati, I've never been before. Somebody's house or some client's uh, business. Mm-hmm. I, I never ask for directions. I never look up Google Maps and any of that stuff. I just punch in their address on the GPS and boom, I drive there. But I've been doing a lot of uh, work for clients down in Nashville, Tennessee. I don't know my way around Nashville. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave my client's place around 10, 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. I have no idea where I'm at. And I just punch in the address of the next place I'm going, uh, usually over to my friend Jonathan's house. And it takes me back the back roads and gets me there in 10, 15 minutes. And I mean, I drive around like I know the place. And so, uh, yeah, these these GPS devices are amazing. So yeah, my wife goes from client to client to client. So, yeah, she needs them, too. Exactly. Well, hey, uh, real quick, uh, you got some Apple earnings reports. Yeah, Apple's got a boatload of cash. They got about fifty mil- fifty billion in the bank now. Uh, they sold uh, eight point two million iPhones last quarter, uh, almost four million Macs. Uh, best quarter they've they've ever had. So yeah. that is uh, awesome. And rumor, rumor this morning is Apple is looking to buy ARM. That's the company that makes processors for a lot of mobile devices, and they're looking to buy them. And they, they said it would cost about eight billion, so they're just going to peel peel a couple bucks off that giant wad of cash they have nice we'll, we'll see well they are apple is a mobile computing device company now right uh, yeah that that's what they said that's what steve said well hey uh one thing here real quick before we wrap up i, I do want to uh, make mention of something i can't believe i missed mentioning this a while back but word monkey uh makers of sheep stacker 
uh, is now in the uh, App Store. I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Uh, but anyway, this is uh, from Jared and Shannon. Uh, they're GSPN.TV community members plus members. Um, they have their own iPhone game software development company. And uh, th- you, those of you who tried out Sheepstacker, you know that they do a quality job. And they do they make some fun and addicting little games that look really good on your iPhone. And uh, they came out with another one called Word Monkey. Chris, have you played Word Monkey? Yeah, they gave me a code when it first came out. It's it's a good game. They actually optimized it for the iPad, I think, too. Did they? Uh, no, I did yeah, they, not know that. They, they've submitted it. I don't know if it's been approved yet. Oh, okay. Well, goodness gracious. I can't wait for that to come out. <laughs> anyway, it's great. Um, no, I will tell you this. My daughter, Megan, she says, I got I to gotta, I gotta, uh, get my monkey to the next level. She calls him bananas or pickles or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, it's great stuff. It's a fun game. I don't know how to best explain explain it other than you got a bu- jumble of uh, letters and you got to try to make words before all the letters make it to the top of the screen. It, it's a lot of fun. It's very inexpensive. Go and look up Word Monkey in the iTunes store and uh, buy it and check it out. So help support another another group of people in this world trying to make a living from doing what they love most. Exactly. Anyway, folks, thanks for listening. And uh, if you have not heard about our gspn.tv lost party, I'm going to play that promo now. Until next time, join the community. You've followed the story. Do you think we crashed on this place by coincidence? You've listened to the podcast. It's destiny. And now... It must come to an end. You and me are getting the hell off this island. But not before Cliff and Stephanie throw a lost series finale party. Pack your bags. Make your reservations. We're going on vacation, baby. 5 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, May 23rd. The Lost Series Finale Party. We need to get to the safe house. The party will be at a secure facility, but you must RSVP to get in. Don't miss the GSPN Lost Finale Party. It's your last chance. Well, thank God for second chances. Sign up today at gspn.tv slash lost party.